Hey, all. Welcome to the podcast. It's been amazing to hear the stories from you about how the podcast has impacted you. Now, we need your help. We don't ask for anything or run any sponsored ads. Our goal is to bring you authentic content and share the love of Jesus. We need your help to continue spreading that message. One of those ways is sharing it with a friend. The other is pausing the podcast right now, go into wherever you listen, and leave us a rating and review. Thanks so much. Welcome to this week's episode where we are going to be talking about what is a testimony, and I'm going to share mine with you. So a testimony is a story, and someone recently asked me, what is your story? What is your testimony with Christ? I would love to get to know you more through that, and I think it'd be really good for the listeners to hear your story on the podcast. So I said, okay, I will do that and maybe help you think through a story in your life, what's happening in your life. Anyway, I hope it's a help. So what is a testimony? I break it mine down into three parts. What my life was like before encountering Jesus in a real and personal way. Second part is how I encountered him. How did he make himself known to me? And the third part is how is my life different now from knowing Jesus as the Lord of my life, as my Savior, knowing my hope in Him and eternity that is coming with Him. So, um, testimonies, how long do they need to be? It's totally up to who you're talking to, the audience. You can share a testimony in 30 seconds, or it can be 30 minutes. It really just depends. And it's real important to know your audience. Who are you speaking to? Will they understand all the type of words that you may choose to use? Will they have a totally different cultural background? So like listeners today, I don't know who's all listening. Um, There will be some of you that will understand Christian language more, you know, language people use in churches more often, and then there'll be some that are maybe do not. And so I will try to be as plain as I can. But I also like, if I'm sharing with somebody that I don't know, I like to have an opportunity to get to know them first, if possible, ask them questions, ask their story, and then you kind of learn about them. And then hopefully that builds a relationship where you have respect both ways and care for one another. So today I'll try to do mine pretty quickly, but I want to give you enough details about my story that you do get to hear it. And when telling a testimony, The focus should always be on the work of God, what He does, right? And maybe you're listening today and you're like, I don't have a testimony. I don't have a story. Well, I pray that you'll just be able to listen to mine and maybe it'll give you some great encouragement. Maybe it'll cause you to ask some questions. And um, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to all of us through this. If you were here with me in the studio, I would want to hear your story first. What's going on in your life? Where are you? Who do you say God is? What What's he doing in your life? You know, or if you don't believe in him, okay, what do you believe in? Um, why do you not believe in a creator? You know, just having a really good discussion, totally respectful and caring of one another and truly listening. Um, and that's back to us being present and curious and listening, right? So anyway, let me start and share a little bit about me through my testimony. So as far back as I can remember, I always knew about a God because generations and generations before me 
believed in God, and many went to church, including my family, my mom and dad, my sister, and myself, would be at church most of the time on Sundays and even Wednesday nights. And um, we would have Vacation Bible School, which is like a week-long celebration where you did crafts and learned stories about God from the Bible and sang songs and just a bunch of kids getting together, having snacks probably back in the 80s, red Kool-Aid. Um, and those little cookies that have the hole in the middle that you'd put around your finger. So hopefully you could get 10 of them and put them all around your fingers. Um, I remember that. So I would also do stuff like Bible drills where you would learn the books of the Bible and say them in order. And I think they gave you prizes. So all that to say, there was a lot of knowledge around me and given to me through going to church. And I remember even at home, my mom would do some devotions with my sister and I. So there would be some discussion of God in the home. And that went on through elementary, through middle school. And then when I got to high school around 15, my memory is that I just kind of got dissatisfied with church. Maybe the friend group there wasn't as exciting as a friend group I had at school. And so I remember asking my dad, I was like, I don't want to go to church anymore. I want to hang out with my friends. And he said, well, you don't have to go to Wednesday night church, but you're still going to go to Sunday morning. And so I hung out with these friends quite a bit. And unfortunately, they chose to do things that were different than what I was learning about at church, things that were unhealthy for me and just unhealthy to be around. And it was just not wise. I was not walking in wise counsel. But I did not have the Holy Spirit inside of me at that point um, because I had not given my life to Christ. Because remember, this is still part one of my life before meeting my Savior. Um, so all that to say is you can have lots of knowledge about God and even go to church. And guess what? Even be baptized. So remember that vacation Bible school I was telling you about? One year I guess it was probably third grade because I remember I was nine. I learned about the baptism of what it means in a Baptist church to be dunked under the water. Um, and I thought, oh, me and my friend Carrie thought, oh, that that looks, I guess, fun. Or, yeah, I want to do that. They probably asked us if we did. So I remember after saying yes, my mom took me and we talked to the pastor, so the head of the church. And I guess he asked me, do you believe Jesus died for your sins? and and saved you, you know, rose again on the third day. And I probably said, yes. So they baptized me. And at that point, I was labeled a Christian and just believed, I guess, that I was, even though it wasn't real and a personal faith of my own. I was just interested in being baptized and I answered the correct questions and I was baptized. Now, fast forward back to the 15 year old Stephanie. She was choosing to do a lot of things that were not glorifying to God, that someone who is truly a Christ follower, Christian, would not want to participate in. But yet I wanted to do things like hanging out in places where there might be alcohol and other things that were not good for my body and had a desire to have relationships with people that just were supposed to like fill me up, you know, having friends, filling that tank. I always call it the love bucket that I believe God puts in our heart, this hole in our heart or this just yearning for Him, for the Creator. But instead of really letting Him do that, I was trying to find ways 
for people to fill that up or things, going to parties. So this continued probably 15, 16, 17. And I remember clearly when I was 17 years old that I was in my bedroom and I remember having my back to my closet door, sitting on the floor, talking on the phone to someone. And that was a phone with a cord. (laughs) I was so excited though. I had my own phone line. And so I didn't have to worry if someone else needed to use the phone in my family. Phone line was just for me. That was a big deal back then. Um, But anyway, I was talking to this person on the phone and they asked me, Stephanie, how long are you going to keep pretending? How long are you going to keep playing this game? And right then, I believe that the Holy Spirit used those words to bring conviction on my heart and to show me my heart before the Lord. That even though I went to church and I guess thought I was a Christian, it was revealed to me in that moment by God that I was not, that I was really about myself and the world, worldly things, that I really didn't care about God. The only time I even prayed or I don't even know if I ever even read my Bible once I got, you know, to around the age of 15. I guess I did at church, carried a Bible as a young kid. But I remember I would pray and it would usually be, oh, get me out of this trouble that I'm in. Will you just get me out of this? So there was no relationship. There was no me hearing his voice. It would just be me begging him to do something for me. And he just revealed that to me in his grace, in his mercy, in his love, in his caring, reached down into my heart and mind and showed me my desperate need for him, that I was a sinner. So I'm into the second part of the testimony now. How did I come to know Christ? It began when my back was leaning against that door and he just gave me a desire for him. He put new desires in my heart As soon as I recognized it was him and I said, yes, I am a desperate sinner. I saw my sins. I knew that I was not surrendered to him and about him like it was just for myself, like I said. And so in that moment, I didn't have anybody lead me in a prayer. I just said, you are right, God. I give you everything. I am really so sorry and I repent of my sins, and I want to turn from them, and I want to run towards you and follow you. So in that, I was saying, yeah, I've made wrong choices. I continue to make wrong choices. I do things against your word, against who you are, and against against who you call your people to be. I am selfish and just said, I want you to have my heart. And so it was fully him drawing me to him in that moment. I know that. And when I did that, he did. He put new desires in my heart immediately. And guess what? The first desire that I had in that moment, it was to go to church on Wednesday night, which just out of nowhere, you know, because remember um, in the first part, I had shared how I just didn't want to go anymore. And my dad was like, yeah, you don't have to. And then that very first desire that he put was to go. And so guess what I did? I went to church the next Wednesday night, and of all the people that could be there at that youth group, the North American Mission Board was there, NAM, and they were recruiting people, guess what, people my age, exactly 17, in between their junior and senior year in high school, 
to go and do missions in the U.S. for 10 weeks. So you would leave your home and go hang out with some people, other people who are believers, and do some work and learn about God and just do things to help other people in a different city. So I just knew God put the desire in my heart. I want to do that. So that was definitely not Stephanie's thinking. Her thinking was completely changed. And when Christ does come into your heart, he moves everything out of the way. There is a change. There's a sudden change, and then there's an ongoing change, sanctification, which since 17, I'm almost going to be 50. There's been lots of that. That's how I came to know him. It was all him, and I didn't need anybody there with me to lead me through a prayer. I did that with him. But afterwards, I said yes to doing the missions, and God worked out all the details um, in that. But before I went on that trip, I was baptized again because since I was baptized but didn't really have that relationship, I thought it was good to be obedient to Christ and to be baptized after the relationship he had started with me. And so I was. That was a great time, but baptism is not what saved me, you know, is not what gave me the relationship with Christ. He did that in his own being and his his timing. And baptism was just showing everyone at church, hey, Stephanie gave her life to Christ and she is serious about him and she has taken on his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus has covered her sins and she's showing that. So when you go down in the water, it's showing that Jesus's death and burial and covering all of your sins. And then when you raise up out of the water, it's like him raising from the dead and conquering all the sin um, of everyone, the whole world, but all of my sin. And so I no longer have to pay that price, but he covers that and there's freedom in that. And so I was so free um, to be with him, to be of him and get to experience him. So my very first big experience was going to New Orleans in Louisiana in America. And I spent 10 weeks there with all college kids. I was the youngest one, but these college kids love the Lord. And we spent time with no distractions, like no TV or anything. I remember we had journals and we had a lot of reflection time, which was really good. So I could reflect on what God was doing. It was great because those 10 weeks took me away from that friend group that was really destroying my path, my life. And it just set me apart with some other believers, like-minded people. And that was great, 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 great timing, great grace on God's part. And we got to do a lot of work with kids and older adults attending churches and just really learning how God was working in a different part of the country and different groups of people. And we got to love on them and care for them and pray for them and serve them in many different ways. And so I really praise God for that time. And when I came back after the 10 weeks, I had a really good foundation from spending a lot of time in the Word and spending a lot of time with other Christians to be able to come back and know that I could no longer be in that friend group. Um, So I remember talking to each one and sharing with them about God, about what He had done in my life, the change, and they really didn't want to have anything to do with Him. Um, So we kind of parted ways and God gave me some new friends, but I remember a lot of times just me and him rather than like lots of friend stuff. And I think that was a good point, a good place in time because I was really able to grow in him, him spending time with me. And so anyway, to round out the third part of the story, I am now 49, 
And there's been many, many years of him placing women in my life to mentor me, disciple me, just really pour into me about all that they know about God, to hold me accountable, to hold me up, to pray with me, to encourage me. Lots of time in his word. I have quite a few Bibles that I've the covers are falling off and everything's highlighted and written in it because just his desire, it's not me. He put his desire in me to know his word, to love it. And he gives spiritual gifts when you come into that relationship. And so I feel like he's given me the gift of just being able to read his word and share it with other people. And so there's been lots of growth. Now, when you become a Christian, when you have this testimony, it doesn't mean you're perfect, right? No. I have had lots of up and downs, lots of growth, lots of just realizing I need him. I'm more and more dependent on him every day. And he is my one true focus. But the world and other stuff will come in and distractions will come in, right? And like we talked last week, other voices come in from the world and it's a struggle sometimes, but we continually are drawn back to him. And hopefully you heard the pieces in there. Part one, part two, part three, like that could have been way shorter. I just wanted to try to give as many details as I could. Um, But yeah, just being able to experience for these last several, several decades, His goodness and His mercy and how He always keeps His promises. Probably the best growth I had, I've done lots of Bible studies and stuff over the years, but the best growth was when I did chronological Bible teaching. You can either go to chronologicalbibleteaching.com or you can go to Amazon, you can order the Bible. And actually, Ava May has a podcast on here that I did with her about the Chronological Bible Study. But the Chronological Study Bible is incredible. So CBT, Iva, her ministry hooked up with Tyndale and created a Chronological Bible that is a NLT translation. And you can get a hardcover. I think you can get a soft cover, but it has the story the different eras that I was about to tell you about in the Bible. I just didn't want to forget to tell you about the Bible. So seriously, look up the one-year chronological study Bible, New Living Translation. Um, Now, there's many translations of the Bible. I normally go to the ESV, the English Standard Version, um, but this one just happens to be the NLT. You can get chronological Bibles in all the different um, versions. So anyway, what the chronological Bible teaching is and how it impacted my life so much is it breaks down the Bible into 14 eras, 14 different time periods. And so, you know, if you do grow up in church like I did, you hear a lot of different stories. Like you might hear the story of Ruth or the story of Adam and Eve. You might hear about Paul and his missionary journey. All these different stories just sprinkled in here and there over your life and over your time at church. Um, But if you don't have the big picture, it's hard to know where it fits. If I gave you just puzzle pieces just the middle ones, no end ones, no box with the picture, nothing. Would you be very excited about putting a puzzle together? Some of you might be like, I don't want to put a puzzle together no matter what. But without the framework, the outer edges, it's really hard to imagine how these pieces fit together, right? Same thing with the Bible. So I love this because it gives a story framework because the story, the Bible, God's story is one big story telling who he is, who man is, how man is constantly running from him, and God is constantly pursuing, kind of like in my testimony. So every testimony follows that same narrative, right? God creates man and woman. He provides awesome things for them. They run from him. 
and then God pursues. They run, God pursues. They go after things of the world, God keeps pursuing. They've sinned and gone against him, but God makes a way for them to come back, redemption through Jesus Christ, his son. And then one day we have the hope of being with him together without the sin of the world in the new earth, the new beginning. And so anyway, I'm not going to go into all of the eras, but it's really great to see the framework. And so again, if you go to chronologicalbibleteaching.com, you can hear about the story there. You can find out about the Bible, other resources. Um, there's a bookmark that's really good that has the 14 eras on it. But I'm so thankful for Iva May and her investment in me um, as a woman probably around 30. It was my early 30s and just really learning the story. And that increased my faith in God so much. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you know the story of God, your faith increases because you see who he is over and over. He promises things and he fulfills those. And you see that all throughout the story. And so knowing the framework of the story helps you put in all the other pieces. And so I was discipled through that. And I have been able to disciple a lot of other people through that. And even here at North Star, I've had a class on it, the 14 eras and just really changed my life. So that's a little bit more of part three um, of just how has my life changed? He's put people and his word and his voice, his self in my life to grow me, to challenge me. And that will continue as long as I'm on earth, right? Being challenged by him, being encouraged by his word, being loved on by him and seeing his goodness all, all around me. So I don't know, hopefully that helps somebody today about your testimony. If you've got any questions, like always contact us. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or like information about North Star, please email us at podcast at nsa.school. We love having guests on our show and getting to hear their stories. If you have anyone in mind that you think would be a great guest to feature, please email us and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming stories.